0: I'm going to conclude the series, this is the last message in the series, Our Mission, Our Purpose, and this is part 8. So the focus of this series is to help us, as I said, identify why we are here and what we ought to be doing. When Jesus was on the earth, there was a lot of social and political upheaval, but he knew his mission, he knew his purpose. And that kept him focused. And the whole point of this series, because, listen, the upheaval and the chaos is not going to stop with 2020. And I'm not saying this because I, want, I feel like saying it. This is what the Bible says is going to happen. If you know your mission and your purpose, you'll not allow all this drama to distract you because you know why you're here, you know what you're supposed to be doing, and you know where you're going. Okay? And it will help us keep focused on what we ought to be doing. Now, I define mission simply as the assignment. That is the what. And purpose is the reason for why, for which we exist. That's the why. And I'd like us to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 24. The book of Luke, chapter 24. And we start reading from verses 44 through 47. So, this is after Jesus was crucified and resurrected from the dead but he had not yet ascended to the father and he appeared to his disciples in Jerusalem verse 44 and he opened their and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures then he said to them this thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So I'm going to stop there. So this is the coming. This is at the end of the three year mission, uh, ministry of Jesus. He died, he was crucified, and he was resurrected. And he's speaking to his disciples before he ascended to the Father. And he's telling them and explaining to them through his ministry with them and the time they spent with him, he was explaining what was happening at the time and why it happened. So it said here in verse 45 he opened their understanding. So he's pointing to scripture, the things that were prophesied about him, explaining. At the time, through the past three years, what was happening and using the scriptures to, to explain and said, at the time this was happening, this is what it was pointing to. So then now they understood what was happening over the time. And then when the Holy Spirit came after Jesus ascended, they got more understanding. Jesus was reminding them about what happened, as I said, that he had to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to nations. To all nations. That's what he said in verse 47. He's saying this is what has to be done. Now if you now turn to. uh, Let's see here. It's Mark chapter 16. Turn to Mark chapter 16 verse 15. This is the same period. But just a different account of what was happening. As I said, he's speaking with his disciples. Now, this is Mark's account of what Jesus was saying at that time. And for your reference, you could also, you don't have to turn, you could write this down, Matthew chapter 28. Now, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, this is what Jesus is saying. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So, if you put, if you put, um, if you put Luke with what we just said, read with this, this is everything Jesus was saying to them. He was explaining the scriptures, he was telling them that the the Christ that he had to die and resurrect from the dead. So that the, and forgiveness of sins will, will be a reality. And he said this gospel has to be preached to all nations. And then he said here, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who, he who does not will be condemned. And then he keeps talking about other things. So to putting this all together, as Jesus said, he's giving them now their assignment. He's telling them what they need to do. He said, "Go in verse 15 in Mark, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is your assignment now, because I am going to the Father. So your assignment now is to go in all the world and preach the gospel. What is that? The good news. Okay, go and preach the good news that I, ha- I that the Christ died for the sins of the world, resurrected, and then He said here." Anyone who believe in verse 16 and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned. So he's saying go now into the world and tell people the good news, share the good news and this is what's going to happen. If you believe you'll be saved, if you don't you'll be condemned. That's what he's saying here. And he says them this is their assignment. If a person believes that Christ paid for the debt of their sins, repent obey Him, that person will be saved. That's what it means to believe. To believe means not only having a mental belief, but acting on what you believe. That's faith. Okay? So walking by faith is obeying this Word. And when you obey the Word, it shows that you actually believe. Okay? So this is a choice. Because He says here, if a person believes, they will be saved. And if not, they'll be condemned. So that implies to me that there is a choice. So we share the good news. We share our testimony. We share what Christ has done for us. And he could do the same for others. Now if people really receive it, they'll be saved. If they don't, they'll be condemned. It's a choice. As I always say, the Lord always gives man a choice. He will never go against your choice. He cannot do it. He won't do it. Okay? Now our assignment, as I said, is to share the good news of Christ, which sounds familiar to Jesus' assignment. Now remember, when this f- series first started, I quoted Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, what Jesus said about himself that was prophesied and, and revealed about The Messiah, the Christ, in Isaiah. And Jesus, when he stood up in the temple and he read from Isaiah, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, which is what? Pardon forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set free those who are oppressed. What does that mean? downtrodden bruised crushed by tragedy you don't have to be snared by tragedy you he said I came to set you free you don't have to allow tra- the tragedies in your life to hold you hostage where you have to, be, to your life is impaired because of what you've experienced I came to set you free from that I came to set you free from from the power of sin that will keep you captive. I came to free you so you can live an abundant life. In and through me. And in verse 19 he said, I came to preach, the, proclaim and preach the favorable or acceptable year of the Lord. What is that? The day when salvation and the favor of God abound greatly. What does that mean? That you can be set free. You can be saved, you can be set free from the things that will ensnare you and keep you from living a life that can be experienced in Christ and be reconciled to God. So when you believe, you experience this freedom from oppression because you get saved, you are no longer under the control or power of sin. The good news is that Christ died and resurrected. And you no longer have to pay for your penalty. Your sin. That's done for. All you have to do is believe and receive it. And to pronounce release. Pardon. Forgiveness. To captives. What are captives? People are held in bondage by their own sin. But Jesus said. I came to release. Announce that you are pardoned. Because when you believe. that." Death sentence or your sin is not held against you. That you have been released. You are set free from jail. Let me go a little bit further. Now Jesus told his disciples. What he has sent them to do. Go into all the world. And preach the good news. The main difference now between him. And the disciples now. Is that. He did the work. He laid down his life resurrected will ascend to the father because when he tell them go to all the world in another scripture in Matthew he said wait before you go wait until you are endued with power or you get power from on high because Jesus he says when I ascend to the father I will send the Holy Spirit which will equip you to go and share the good news so the difference is now that he didn't leave us alone he equipped us now with the, uh, with the ability to go and share the good news. So when it says here, uh, be, when I talk about the body and gifts. When you get saved, the Lord gives us gifts. Which is what? By the Spirit. Which is grace to do whatever it is he's called us to do. To edify the body. To help each other grow in the faith. And to manifest God's glory to the world. So the power, the grace, the anointing comes by the Spirit. Because when you get born again, you, the Spirit of God comes in you. And you now are in Christ by the Spirit. And He's in you by the Spirit. And He equips you to do what you your assignment and your, your mission and, your, and fulfill your purpose. Because it's, as he was telling disciples, go into all the world. But in Matthew, which I didn't read, he said, wait until you receive power from on high, then go into all the world. So I'd like us to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want to show you, I said what your mission is, and then I can talk more about purpose now. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 through 20. Now this is now, Jesus has already ascended. And now this is the Apostle Paul writing. Paul never met Jesus. He never spent time with Jesus. But he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Paul now got understanding and revelation by the Spirit. Okay? Verse 18, Paul is saying here, and the scripture reading goes like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Now all these things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us The word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What is that all about? It says in verse 18, All things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What does reconcile mean? Reconcile mean restore friendly relations with, to coexist in harmony. It says here God was in Christ reconciling He was in Christ himself reconciling us through Christ, the world, and has given us that same ministry. What is that saying? Jesus was the conduit through the Father expressed himself. Because Jesus said, I only do those things which the Father shows me and I say what he says What he tells me to say. So it says the father was in the son reconciling the world to himself. He was in the son restoring relationship with the world to himself. Why did he have to restore relationship? Because man was separated from God in their sin. So the reconciliation happened through the death and resurrection of Christ. That is how... God reconciled sinful man to himself. He, the debt had to be paid. The shedding of blood. Because the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Or there is no forgiveness of sin. It's a type and shadow. The Old Testament was a type and shadow of what was to come. Back in the Old Testament, there was the blood of lambs, goats, and so forth. Covering the sin. And the priest was the one who was the administrator of this practice. John the Baptist identifies the Lamb of God to take that was anointed to take away the sins of the world. Putting an end to the law and instituting a new covenant. The Lamb chosen by God or sent by God, which is Christ, or the man Jesus, was offered up. And his blood was shed, but not only to cover, but to wash away the sins of man. So anyone, that's why it says, if you believe, you will be saved. Why? Because you are sanctified or washed by the blood of Christ. And your sin, that's why it's said here in verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. So when we are forgiven, when we believe and we are forgiven, we are washed with the blood or we are cleansed with that blood and our sin is not held against us. That's what it means by imputing. So because your sin is not held against you, you are now in a right relationship with God. Why? Because the thing that kept man keeps man separated from God is sin. And when you are washed of that, when that is removed, there is nothing now separating you from having a fellowship or interacting face to face with God. Because your sin is no longer an issue. Now when you repent of your sin, if you do sin, and you will, and we will, and I do, it says we have an advocate, a go-between, Christ. That's why it says Christ had to die once and for all. There is no longer a need for him to be on the cross every time we sin. Why? Because he was the perfect sacrifice. He was the lamb chosen. And that was enough to keep perpetually cleansing man of his sin. Those who believe and receive Christ. Because now the lamb is not the the resurrected lamb. And and the, the, the... Um, crucified lamb is not on earth. He's actually now in the, in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. So, he's there in eternity. It doesn't have to be done over and over anymore. I'm, I'm going off of my subject, my topic, but I need you to understand why God was in Christ reconciling man to himself. Who was doing the work? God. It says here, God was in Christ reconciling the world himself. There was no no man involved. There was no priest involved. No hand of man involved. God prepared his own lamb, his own priest. He did it all because he said he was in Christ. He was doing it himself. And this Christ, this lamb, ascended to the throne of God, the blood went to the mer- the seat, the throne of God itself, ended on the earth, ended in the temple, in the mer- holy of holies, a mercy seat was a type of what was in heaven. So the blood that was sprinkled on the mercy seat on earth is a type of what was happening in heaven, because that's why Christ resurre- went to heaven, went resurrected, and went to the, to the throne, so that his blood now is there. In eternity. So it doesn't have to be done every year at Passover anymore. The means of having reconciliation and relationship with God. Of getting into a right relationship with God is Christ. Through his death and resurrection. It's available to all those who believe. That's why Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the good news. What's the good news? That you can be reconciled to God. That you can be forgiven of your sins. That you don't have to be held captive by your sin. That you could be one with God. That you don't have to be separated from God by your sin. You You no longer have to be an enemy to God. Because of your sin. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what they are supposed to go and share. And that's what we are supposed to also go and share. That's our assignment. To make it known to people what God did for us. And what is made available to them. Again, it's a choice. You have to choose it. You have to choose it. You have to make the choice. And it says in verse 19, Has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What is the word of reconciliation? The good news. The gospel of the kingdom. That's the word of reconciliation. The disciples were charged with that assignment. And we today are also charged with that assignment. Why? Because we are also disciples. We are students under learning. In Christ. So the charge that they had, were given back then, is the charge we have now. That's our mission. And it says here in verse 20, Now then, because we have this ministry of reconciliation, reconciliation, and this word of reconciliation, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. So when you speak to people and you share, you are, are you, 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 imp- sometimes we beg people, listen to the word, receive Christ. It says it was like God working through us in begging people to come to Him. Just as He was in Christ, drawing people and, and give and speaking speaking the word, preaching the word and trying to draw people to Christ he's doing the same thing through us through Christ so now Christ is in us and the spirit is working through us as we speak the word of reconciliation as we share the word of God we are imploring people to come to God through Christ and all you have to do is believe it and obey and walk in it you don't have to go on a cross that was done for us already. We don't have to shed any blood. It's done. All we have to do is believe it. And it's by faith. That's it. It sounds so simple. And it is simple. But we have to make the choice. And that is the, our, the ministry of reconciliation. So when it says we are ambassadors, what is an ambassador? What is an ambassador? An ambassador is defined as an accredited diplomat. What does all that mean? An accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. If it says we are ambassadors for Christ, what is that saying? We are sent as official representatives of a foreign country or of another country. An accredited diplomat means that we have to help others resolve their differences between what? One kingdom and another kingdom. So the people who are lost are in the kingdom of darkness. We are not, all people on this earth are not children of God. I don't care what anybody says. Because Satan has his children and God has his children. They are all mixed on this earth. Not everyone created in the image of God are God's children. So when people say that they're not they're not quite correct. They're saying it through emotion, not through fact. Okay? Because Jesus himself says when he is talking to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. What does that say? They were created in the image and likeness of God, but they were not God. That the one who created them in the image of likeness is not their father. Because Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, who is a liar, and he's a liar from the beginning. So that tells me that there are two types. And it goes back to the parable of the wheat and the tares. Okay, The wheat are the children of the light. The tares are the kingdom of are children of darkness. So anybody who's just telling you, we are all children of God, we are all can They're in error. But if you don't know that, you will believe it. So anyhow, when it says we are ambassadors, we represent the kingdom of God. We are ambassadors of a kingdom. Why? Because we are snatched from, when we get saved, you're no longer in the kingdom of darkness. You are in right relationship with God. Now you have been taken from darkness and into light. You are in the kingdom of light, which is what the kingdom of the the kingdom of God, and Christ is the King. So the way we carry ourselves, we are ambassadors. We represent, even though we are under earth, we represent a spiritual kingdom. We used to be in the kingdom of darkness, but we are no longer in the kingdom of darkness. Even though we are on the earth, we are no longer in that kingdom. We are in the kingdom of light. And we represent that kingdom. So it says that, that's why it says we are now ambassadors for Christ. Because we represent Him and we represent the kingdom. That's why we are here. That's why we have been saved. That's why we have been snatched from darkness into light. So when we go and we share that good news we, and people receive it, they are snatched from darkness and put into the kingdom of light. And they then become ambassadors of that kingdom. I hope you all understand what I'm saying here. So we are here to represent the kingdom of God. Under the authority of the King Christ. Because we have been given a mandate by the Spirit, based on our gifts and our ability to represent this kingdom. By making the body, making the saints whole, one. And in John 17, Jesus prayed about this. That we will manifest the glory of God, making known and revealing that the Father actually sent Jesus. And He is the King of that kingdom. But it's manifested through the church. Whilst we are one. By the way we love one another. The way we treat each other. And and through that oneness. God can work and manifest his power and his glory. Through that oneness. This is why we are here. We are ambassadors of that kingdom. And we are here to help resolve the differences between lost man. And help them be reconciled to God. That's, our, that's why we're here. That's our assignment. And we're here as ambassadors. To let people know that they can be reconciled to God. Their creator. Through the king who's Christ. Who paid the penalty for, for our sin. For their sin. They no longer have to be held captive by Satan through sin to do his will. They now have clear they now have a clear choice. I mean, I see daily, I see this spirit of Antichrist is even bolder now and more visible than ever. It's very it's right out there in the open. I see it clearly. And we, if you don't recognize the spirit of Antichrist, you will be deceived. The Lord put something on my heart. This, spirit, this word just came straight to me. This world is not our home. This world and its systems are not our home. We belong to a different kingdom. Anything you try to establish on this earth is futile. Futile. Why? Because it's, this, it's going to pass away. Jesus never came to establish anything on this earth. Never. All he came to do was to reveal the Father and to let people know they no longer have to be a slave to this world and its systems and the king of it who is Satan. That's, that's why he's here. And that's our assignment. To let people know they do not have to be subjected to this system and the king of it. The father of this corrupt system. We don't have to be subject to it anymore. So you cannot allow yourself to get distracted with all the drama that's happening on this earth. Because this earth, is world is not our home. It's going to pass away. I don't care what anyone does. Kingdoms come and kingdoms go. And there's another kingdom that's that's forming right now. Where the Antichrist will be over that. But then he'll be gone too. The Lord will deal with him. And that kingdom is going to pass away. So re- relax. Don't get yourself don't get yourself worked up about all the stuff happening in this in this world. You just when you allow yourself to get consumed with it, you are totally distracted and out of the will of God. Don't allow it. If you're walking in the light, you would recognize the spirit of Antichrist. You would recognize it. You would see it. You would see. You would know it. And you would reject it. Because you would not allow your heart to be polluted by it. But we have to. The Bible says also. Which is very. You know it said it. But, and it breaks my heart. It says. Even the very elect. Talking about the last years, Will be deceived. But. The Lord will shorten those days. So that's why we have to guard our heart. With all diligence. And not to allow it to become polluted. With the things of this world. You can't allow it. It's very easy to be deceived. I never I never thought it would have been this easy. But I see it clearly. How easily the saints can be deceived. If you don't understand and know the heart of God. And it says it clearly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's what God is about. He's about getting people from darkness, pulling them into light. And we are the ambassadors of Christ who represent this kingdom, sharing the good news so that people can be snatched from darkness into light. We are not Doing the actual work is the spirit in us who we allow to guide us to share that word the word the god's't need god's word don't need any help it's powerful enough on its own to accomplish all we have to do is speak the word. love people, have compassion and show mercy and meet people where they are why that's what Jesus did that's what Jesus did. that is what he did. He didn't allow himself to get caught up in all the drama, in the politics, and the social this, and the racism with the Samaritan. He didn't, he, hey, he didn't come for that. He said, I didn't come for, that. he didn't say it, but he, he knew his mission, his purpose. And he gave the disciples the same assignment that he got from the Father. And he said, I came to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And that's what we are are to be about. Okay.